Yeah, I just had somebody tell me, well, Dr. G, I want to live past 100. Well, do you really? Do you know what that implies? Do you know what's happening during the aging process and how to prevent it? In this podcast, we'll discuss how to age successfully. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my intention to provide you with tools and insights on how you can improve your urological health and live better with age. Today's podcast is on aging well, aging successfully. What does that mean? What does it look like? You know, I'm reminded about eight years ago where I had a patient named Bob who came in And he sat down in front of me, you know, very stern look, very nice guy. He's about 72 years old. And he says, well, Dr. Gio, I'm here because I want to die fast. And I looked at him. I said, excuse me? Yeah, I'm here because I want to die fast. I said, well, do you have prostate cancer? I I don't do euthanasia. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'm not Dr. Kevorkian here. No, you don't understand. Healthy people die fast. Unhealthy people die slow, and it's a horrible type of death. With you know, you get cancer on chemo, and is a slow, hard, painful death. I don't want that. You know, you get a stroke, and half of your side is you know paralyzed, and I, I don't want that. I want to die fast, and healthy people die fast. <laughs> I'll say, wow. Well, what a perspective. So, though I've seen many patients since then that come to me for male wellness. So these are men who, you know, are doing well, typically in their 50s or 60s. And they come to see me to kind of keep riding that wave and to help them reduce their risk of cancer, heart disease, and keep them optimally function. But no one has ever presented it like, Bob, I'm here to die fast. So such an interesting perspective. (laughs) So Bob is doing well. Not eight years later, he's in his early 80s. I've seen him recently. And he just follows the prescription, the lifestyle prescription, right? We look at his bloods, his bloods are well, his blood pressure is under control, no medications. Actually, he is on blood pressure medication. I don't know that he needs it, but we're keeping him on it. And his cardiologists want to keep him on it. I have no problems with that. Though he lost, since I met him, 15 pounds, had still off. Uh, he didn't need to lose much more than that and really doing well. So today, we want to know how we can be Bob how we can age gracefully, age successfully, age well. And we're going to discuss and kind of break it down to learn what what is aging exactly? What do we mean by that? These are all loose terms. It's like health. What does it mean to be healthy? I tell you that the word health never motivates a man to do anything because it's such an ambiguous word that means nothing. Oh, I'm going to, what, exercise to be healthier? You know, what does that mean? What are you trying to, what does healthy mean? And so everybody has their own definition. I'll tell you, my definition of health is to live longer with optimal functionality and quality of life. So it's not only the absence of disease health, it's also the ability to live with optimal functionality for the brain to work for as long as possible. You know, one of the things that I've seen that men fear most is not death. It's two things, actually. They fear uh, dementia, having poor memory, poor brain health, getting Alzheimer's, okay? And they fear 
having to be dependent in others as they age, whether it's their kids or a nurse or spouse. Okay. So today we're going to talk about how to prevent that, how we can live through our 80s and 90s. Look, unless you get hit by a truck, right? I we have we have no control over these things. You know, things happen. But in terms of the number one killer, which is chronic disease in men, it's not accidents, although accidents can be high, particularly in younger men, not older men, self-induced accidents or what have you. It's chronic disease. There's things like strokes and heart attacks and cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, these chronic diseases that kill us too soon or impedes with our ability to function optimally and do the things that we love to do on a daily basis. That's what today's podcast is all about. So let's get right to it. So what is aging? When we look at, you know, it was a nice paper written in 2013 on the hallmarks of aging, Journal of Cell, and they talk about all the different aspects to aging. At the end of the day, it comes down to poor cellular health or what they call cellular senescence, which means that these cells stop working properly. So in your body, you have 37 trillion cells. And you have several thousands or tens of thousands and different or hundreds of thousands or millions, <laughs> depending on what organ we're talking about in your brain. So your brain can function properly. You have millions of cells in your liver, billions of cells in your lungs, all over your body, right? You have cells and cells need to work properly for you to age well. So in essence, cellular senescence is improper functioning of cells. And that's what aging is. Aging is improper functioning of cells. Either there's not enough division. So how cells work is that they constantly divide. They also have to die off after a certain point. So a year and a half from today, you're a completely different person. I'm not only saying this perhaps personality-wise, but literally every cell in your body has died and new cells have come about within a year and a half, right? Red blood cells last about three months, for example. We want cells to die off. We want unhealthy cells to die off. We want cancer cells to die quickly because by definition, cancer are cells that are dividing too rapidly and they don't die. That's what cancer is rapid cell division without apoptosis, natural cell death. So we don't want that, but we do want our healthy cells to be around for as long as possible. And we do want cell division to occur so that healthy cells divide and we can be functional. So technically speaking, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about aging successfully and aging healthfully. Okay. So what are the type of things that we're trying to avoid? We're trying to avoid things like a heart attack, stroke, sarcopenia. Sarcopenia, what's sarcopenia? Is weakening of the body, weakening of muscles that comes with age. Or again, it doesn't come with age as much as it comes with poor lifestyle and not doing the lifestyle practices that will prevent that. Well, when does aging actually start? That's a good question. When does aging, you know, I had a patient who, was 32 years old and came to my office and he says, look, I'm here for wellness. Wow. 
32 year old, typically 32 year old men don't care much about health or wellness. They care about being productive, right? Take care of a family or, or making more money. Guys typically do a poor job preventing disease or taking care of their health. So this is a 32 year old guy. So well, no, I'm here for prevention, for wellness. Wow. That's great. I wish more, there were more of these kinds of guys. Cause I think that we can do a really good job in helping these guys be successful in their business and work and not compromise their health. Because that's exactly what I see with these. some of these guys that are in banking and in finance here in New York City. They sacrifice their health to work more. And so then you see the deterioration of their health. You see them with erectile dysfunction, age of 32, 33. is crazy. You see them with developing diabetes and high blood pressure at such a young age cholesterol. So when does aging begin? So technically speaking, after the age of 30, there's a very subtle decline year by year. So there's a one to 2% decline in testosterone in men after the age of 30. If there's any hardening of the arteries and any malfunction of uh, some of these tissues, it starts happening right around the age of 30. Okay. Why 30? So is that nature or nurture? Is that just the way it is? Well, think about it. What happens at the age of 30? Most people at the age of 30, they start what? They have a career. They start having kids. Kid number one, kid number two, kid number three. <laughs> and, and as a dad, as a happy and proud father of three kids, I'll tell you right now, this notion of if you have two, you can have three, no problem. Or if you can have three, you can have four. No. <laughs> That doesn't work. Each child brings on an extra level of stress. That includes more sleep deprivation. It includes just something else to worry about and figure out how to maintain and support the extended family. So that's just, just the way it is, right? So I don't think that is a matter of, well, it's just because it's, the, you know, it's nature. Uh, so as, as you get older, you just decline. No, I think it's a matter of the fact that when men reach their 30s and early 40s, they have major obligations and to support a family and career challenges. And then they what? Sleep less, exercise less, eat crap. And eat crap, you know, there's a guy, I take the train back and forth here in New York to my office just because it's easier, right? Who, who wants to drive in New York? And when I leave my office at a certain time, I always see this one guy who sits down. And for some reason, we always sitting down somewhere around the same wagon. And I always observe him. And it's interesting. He sits down with two cans of beer and two bags of chips every single day after work, right? And as he opens up the can of beer, opens up the bag of chips, he takes several chips and, you know, crunch, crunch, crunch. He's like, oh, you, you see them breathing like, wow, like, you know, he's re relaxed. And then he takes a nice squig of his beer and then his eyes kind of rolled back in complete relaxation. This guy is in heaven <laughs> when he has his bag of chips and beer. And it's every single time. So what's happening with this guy, right? What's happening is that, you know, he, I, I never spoke to him, but he has a stressful life. And now he worked for 10 hours. This is 
his method of coping and feeling better is two cans of beer and two bag of chips, which he finishes when he gets home. And then when he gets home, he probably has to you know, deal with home life. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that way all the time, but sometimes home life is also stressful. If, if you have sick kids or if you have many kids and one is not doing well and what, you know, home life can be, again, doesn't have to be stressful, right? But this guy, you know, two beers, two bags of chips every day, nothing good there. Oh, there's immediate satisfaction and gratification. But long-term, he's aging. He's putting things in his body that's contributing to his aging process, unbeknownst to him, maybe, right? So when we have so many of these responsibilities and we're at a certain age, what happens is that we decline to do the things that will support our cellular health and, you know, promote aging, over drinking, right? So that's that. So in order to prevent heart attacks, strokes, sarcopenia, Alzheimer's, and things like that, we have to do things that support and promote our cellular health and not promote aging cells, so cellular senescence. So what are these things that we should be doing and we should focus on to help ourselves? Well, naturally, what happens? So when we talk about these cells, all these 37 trillion cells, what's happening in each one of them? Well, what's a cell? There's two parts of a cell that are predisposed to aging and premature death. One is the nucleus, which contains the DNA, and the DNA contains the genetic material that makes your eyes blue and so forth. But also, is DNA is a recipe that allows you to create proteins that you need to function properly, your liver, your brain, everything. So you need healthy DNA. If DNA is unhealthy, then the disease process starts taking place. Okay, so you need healthy DNA. What promotes unhealthy DNA? Inflammation, chronic inflammation, excess oxidative stress, and free radicals. Right? These are the things that promote that. Now, the other part of the cell that's important to keep healthy is called the mitochondria. So, since in the 21st century now, there's a lot of research as it relates to mitochondrial dysfunction and all the problems and health problems that come along with improper functioning of the mitochondria, or there's just not enough of them. So we want to A, protect our healthy DNA, B, unhealthy DNA. We want those cells that contain unhealthy DNA to die off and induce apoptosis or autophagy. Autophagy is the ability of the cell to commit self-suicide. So the cells in its innate ability and intelligence, if it's not working properly, it can induce autophagy, self-suicide, and kind of kill themselves off, right? And we want to promote mitochondrial health. Those are the three areas. And I am oversimplifying it. I'm sure that if there are scientists listening to me or practitioners, there's a, a bit more to that, but not a whole lot more to that. That's what we're trying to accomplish. So how do we do that? How do we protect ourselves and age well? right? Uh, not only not die young, but not develop a chronic disease. Or if you have already developed a disease, let's say prostate cancer and overcame it, or you still have it, maybe a rising PSA, or you've had, you know, 
some other condition, even a stroke or a heart attack, but still alive and doing well, you still have an opportunity to recreate healthy cells and still live your best life moving forward by practicing lifestyle medicine. Okay. So the information that I'm about to deliver to you moving forward applies to absolutely everyone. If you have the ability to listen to me through this podcast, you have the ability to do the work and live your best life, despite of any condition. Okay. So here we go. Well, you know how I come up with some of my findings. One is doing research and looking at what research says as it relates to aging and cellular senescence and keeping telomeres long. So another component is that your DNA has at the end, these telomeres, which they are similar to the end of a shoelace, the plastic part of a shoelace. So the longer the telomeres, the slower the aging process, the better you're doing, the more successfully you're aging, the shorter the telomeres, the more rapidly you're aging. So telomere length is an indicator of how well one is aging. So how do we keep these telomeres long? What are some of the tools and techniques? So one of them is certainly my approach comes from research, comes from seeing many patients, and oftentimes patients teach doctors what works and what doesn't. Comes from my own experimentation with my own body, and comes from people that have lived to you know, their 90s, 100 or beyond. What's the takeaway? What what are they doing? Right? And it's beyond genetics. So yes, your parents gave you each half of your genes and genetic material. But if you have a family history of cancer, yes, you're more predisposed to cancer. Yes. But through the field of what's called epigenetics, you can either turn those genes on or turn them off. So through lifestyle practices and environmental health, you can keep those genes off. Okay. Many of the people I've spoken to uh, that live 90 and 100 and above, or I just famous people have certain methods of living that seems to be helpful. For example, George Burns. Remember the comedian George Burns died in 1996 at the tender age of 100. And one of his quotes is, if you ask, what's the single most important thing for longevity, I would have to say it is avoiding worry, stress, and tension. And if you didn't ask me, I'll I'll have to say it anyway. (laughs) So avoiding stress and tension, right? Gene Calment, uh, who is officially the world's oldest person on record who lived till 122, died in 1997. She was an artist and she took up fencing at the age of 86. Right. How is that good? Well, two things. Number one, you're developing a new skill as you get older. So curiosity, purpose, that is helpful in aging. So you should always develop new skills. She decided to develop this skill on fencing. And it's also physical activity and it's probably also community. Right. All these three things help with aging well. Community, you want to be surrounded by great people, people that also think young and that are healthy. You want to move physical activity and you want to develop new skills because that stimulates neurons and keeps your brain going. She was also riding bicycles to the age of 100. And a person who knew her, who interviewed her and co-authored a book uh, with her said that 
you know, she was someone who constitutionally and biologically speaking was immune to stress. There again, managing stress well is a big factor. Another person, Anne-Marie Robinson Moses, who was also a painter, said, look, painting is not important. What's important is keeping busy. And she believed that being surrounded with younger people was a way of keeping young and always keep laughing. So here we have laughter, right? Which studies have shown that promotes healthy chemicals in the brain is also good for the facial muscles, right? Because you have numerous facial muscles. And when you laugh, right, you're kind of exercising those facial muscles. So you look younger, perhaps. Purpose. I'm not a big fan of people retiring, particularly my patients and in general. Retirement doesn't really work. Okay, but there's two types of employment, right? There are people who have careers and they feel passionate about their career and they feel like they're changing the world or doing something meaningful and purposeful, and they also earn an income from that. That is different, and I get it, and these people should definitely not ever retire. Then you have people who are working in the situations that they don't really enjoy, but you know they keep working and they're looking forward to their retirement, and they retire, and then that's fine as long as you stay living purposefully. You find other things to do that's engaging, that is meaningful. You're helping others. Also, Helping others is always a good thing. And you get a lot of reward from helping others. So stay busy, stay working, stay on purpose, right? These are just practical things that people that live a long time are doing. I have a patient who's 90 years old, 90 years old, and he's still working as a event planner with no intentions of stopping, right? Does he need to work? I don't know. I don't think so. But he loves what he does. And that's the other thing. You may <laughs> be careful what you ask for. You want to live longer. There are two things that happen when you live a long time. And everyone who lives a long time experiences. A, people that are close to you and dear to you die before you. This could be even your own children. Okay? So I still think that living longer with optimal functionality is a great thing, but you have to deal with the reality of that. The other component of that is that you you may outlive your money if you're not careful. So many people will have to work through their 60s and 70s, and you should if particularly you enjoy what you do. Okay? So these are just practical things from people who've lived a long time. What are the other components of living and aging well, aging successfully and keeping your prostate in good shape and keeping your penis in good shape and in your heart and blood vessels? Speaking of which, one of the things that one can do to age successfully is keeping smooth muscles healthy, smooth muscles. If you were to ask me, what do I think is the primary cause of poor aging? is unhealthy smooth muscles. What are we talking about? Unhealthy smooth muscles. You have three types of muscles in your body. You have the cardiac muscle, which is the muscles around your heart. You have the skeletal muscles, which is the muscles around your bones that allow you to move. And then you have these smooth muscles, and they work a little bit differently than the others. Smooth muscles are found in the eye muscles, blood vessels, 
bladder, muscles of the prostate, muscles of the penis, right? And what happens as a man ages poorly or unhealthily? Overactive bladder. So now there's urinary frequency and urinary urgency, a cataracts and macular degeneration, right? So the the cells around the eyes, they deteriorate. Blood vessels, hypertension, right? So, uh, and then these blood vessels become, arteries become atherosclerotic. They hardened and they don't work well. They don't dilate and constrict the way they should in a nice, supple way, right? So they get harder, which causes then strokes and heart attacks and things like that. And blood pressure goes up. The prostate muscles don't work well. So the ability to, again, Urinary dysfunction from the prostate is not always a big having a big prostate. It's having a prostate that squeezes around the urethra and it doesn't allow you to pee properly. And that oftentimes comes from poor muscular health of the smooth muscles of the prostate, not just having a big prostate and or poor functioning of the bladder, which is also a smooth muscle. The muscles of the penis. You know, a paper just came out, literally just came out showing higher mortality in men with erectile dysfunction despite of testosterone levels or free testosterone or any hormones. So even in those with normal to good testosterone, those who had erectile dysfunction had a higher risk of dying from all cause prematurely. So the, the penis is a barometer to a man's health. And erections is a sign of good health. Not only to, yes, it's great for quality of life and uh, certainly to procreate, of course, we wouldn't be able to do it without, without it, but the penis is also reflects how healthy we are or we're not, and that's a smooth muscle. So we want to keep these smooth muscles healthy, okay? Which goes back to cellular health, of course, because all these muscles have, are derived from cells, all right? So that's what we're trying to accomplish. Look, so along with laughter and purpose and engagement and all these things that we learn from uh, older people, you know, stress management or just not stressing as much. The four things, there are four pillars in my mind to living longer and better. Okay. And the four pillars are, and it's not that different. You probably have heard the same as it relates to the approach for prostate cancer, the protocols that I've prescribed for prostate cancer. It's not different. It's diet, exercise, sleep, and nutraceuticals. Diet, exercise, sleep, and nutraceuticals. Oh, Dr. Gio, you missed an important one. There is stress management. No, I have not. If you exercise daily and you sleep well and you eat well and take certain nutraceuticals, you will not stress as much. That actually helps with stress. That is what's helpful with stress. And I do know that stress and sleep go hand in hand, and I do have some suggestions with that when we talk about sleep. But the four pillars in my eyes are those four things. Let's take one at a time. Diet, what should I eat? Well, first of all, when should you eat? And one of the major problems is that you're eating too much or people are eating too much. I think intermittent fasting is a great thing. So you want to fast for 12 to 16 hours a day, every single day. Okay. So too much eating and too much calorie consumption. And then it's what to eat. So 
look, I don't have a problem with you having a beer here and there. And yes, sometimes you come home after a long day's work and everybody's asleep and you may want to kind of pop open a beer or a glass of wine, particularly on a weekend and open up a book and read it. And that's not a problem. Okay. Overdoing the eating of the and drinking of these things is the problem. So the poison is in the dose, right? Too much of doing these kinds of things is what promotes aging. Also, you want to be careful with drinking alcohol from the fact that you're stressed. You don't want to drink when you're stressed. And I know that's what people tend to do, right? I'm stressed out of my mind. I need a drink. You shouldn't need a drink. You should want a drink. Those are two different things. Don't need a drink. Want a drink. You know what? I'm going to have a drink. Okay, no problem. Have it. Or I'm going to have a drink with a group of friends. No problem. Actually, that's great because you're engaging with friends, which is an important component of aging successfully. Right? So, and in terms of what else to drink, stay away from fruit juices and sodas and things of the sort that are high in sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Stay away from all fructose except fruits, which the fructose level is very low. But the actual juices and high fructose corn syrup, you want to stay completely away from that. So you want to drink clean water with electrolytes, the best water you can find. I think investing in good water is a good thing. I like, for example, Avion and and so forth. Or I add electrolytes to water, and I think that makes it flavorful and healthy for you. Drink tea. Try not to add or much or any sugar or milk to your tea. Just get to appreciate the flavor of the tea, whether it's chamomile, ginger, green tea, all good. You can have coffee. Um, some people tolerate coffee better than others. If you tolerate it well, there's no problem with it. Just again, no sugar or very little sugar or milk in it. Okay. And that's pretty much all you drink. And yes, alcoholic beverages, be very careful with it and do not drink under stress. Then as it relates to what to eat, you know the deal, pretty much plant-based Mediterranean diet, plant-based mostly. So half of your plate may be half vegetables when you eat. The other a quarter, you would have some sort of grain and another quarter, some sort of lean meat, whether it's fish is preferable by far, but I'm not opposed to other types, particularly if it's good quality animal meats, if it's grass fed, for example, or if it's clean, good chicken. We care about quality. Here's the takeaway and the overview of the dietary component of aging well. Don't eat too much. And when you do eat, eat the best quality food you can have access to. And half of your plate, make it vegetables. And if you do that, you'll be fine. Then exercise. Exercise. So there's a difference. And if you heard the previous episode on exercise, you know that there's a difference between physical activity, physical exercise, and training, physical training. But here's the takeaway four to six hours a week, try to get eight to 10,000 steps a day. Along with that, if you don't be too sedentary even after that. So if you work behind a desk, use an elevated desk. Okay. And in addition to that, you want to train. 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day in strength training or aerobic exercise. So stay moving. Do not stagnate. Stay moving. Keep moving. Okay. Sleep. All right. I could do several episodes on sleep, so I'm not going to get too far in the weeds, but here's what you need to know. The primary reason why you're sleeping poorly is because your mind is too busy before you go to sleep. So either you can't go to sleep or you get up in the middle of the night between 2 and 3 a.m., between 2 and 3 a.m., 
right? So here's what you do. Between 8 and 9 p.m., you do three things. You close and tie up loose ends of the day. So any anything that you had to do that is undone, you make sure you get it done from between 8 to 9. That last email to confirm an appointment or what have you, make sure you get that done between 8 and 9 p.m. Number two, you're journaling for three to five minutes. This is, this is just free writing, and I suggest that you do write in a notebook as opposed to typing. Free writing, your thoughts doesn't have to be organized, doesn't have to be grammatically correct. You're just brain dumping your to-do list, things that concern you, even if you don't yet have a solution for it, just dump it in that notebook. And number three, you want to look at your calendar for the following day to make sure that you know what's coming up the next day and where you need to be, okay? Then from nine to the time you go to sleep, make sure to avoid too much exposure to digital devices. If at all, do not click away in your bed and your phone. Try to avoid from doing that. Take a nice warm shower, chamomile tea, spend some time with your loved one. Maybe you can watch you know something on TV, but not in your bedroom. The bedroom, I would say, is just for good quality sleep and intimacy. That's it. So you want to get the TV out of your bedroom, but you can, you know, living room kind of snuggle with your partner. If you have one, you know, watch something on Netflix or whatever, spend some time. Right. And then you go to bed knowing that you're going to sleep well. Okay. The third thing. So we talked about diet, exercise, and sleep, nutraceuticals. What we're trying to accomplish with nutraceuticals, by the way, I get pushback when I talk about nutraceuticals all the time because people would say, well, you don't need supplements because you know all you need is good food and exercise. Or, oh, Dr. Gio, you formulate supplements, so you have vested interest in this. Yeah, sure, I do. I develop and formulate because this is an extension of the body of research that I've developed and my clinical experience. So I have an idea of what people actually need to preserve their prostate health, their sexual health, or their overall health, brain health, and so forth. So yes, I do. And, but it has nothing to do with the fact that nutraceuticals are important and they are one of the pillars here. Now it's a dietary supplement. Supplements supplement a good diet program, exercise, and sleep. So you just don't take the nutraceuticals and just eat crap all day and drink crap all day and not sleep and don't exercise. That's, that's not going to work, right? It complements a healthy lifestyle very well because the goal, of course, is not only to live longer, but to live with the optimal functionality. And I do think that to do so and to preserve the smooth muscles and the integrity of the cell, you need the proper combination of supplements. So what are those, those supplements? Uh, they include vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, lowers inflammation, protects the cell. They include things that support smooth muscles like polyphenols. So green tea extract is very good. I like resveratrol, quercetin, pomegranate extract. These are all things that help with the smooth muscles of the arteries and smooth muscles in general. Okay. Curcumin excellent anti-inflammatory. It's one of my favorites in terms of minerals, magnesium, magnesium. I think everybody should be on magnesium despite what your diet looks like. Zinc, vitamin C, vitamin E, antioxidants that protects against oxidative stress, but is balanced antioxidants because like, for example, vitamin C 
can become a pro-oxidant if it's too much and if it's only vitamin C. But if you also have things like alpha lipoic acid, then it prevents it from being a pro-oxidant. Vitamin E, again, same thing, but it's mixed tocopherols vitamin E, not just alpha tocopherol. Okay, so it's the whole thing. Things that are good for mitochondrial function, like ubiquinol, ubiquinone, and acetyl-carnitine. These are great. Things for your brain that includes herbs like bacopa, lion's mane, mushrooms, right? Reishi mushrooms, good for your immune system, good for your prostate. Boswellia, excellent anti-inflammatory. So there's a lot of nutraceuticals that supports optimal health and a slowing of the aging process. So that's all I have for you today. I hope this was informational for you. And I hope this is not only information that you can sound smart at your next cocktail party, but something that you can apply and implement right away so that you can live longer and better with age. I do suggest for you to look at different biomarkers and ask your doctors to do so. See reactive protein, hemoglobin A1C, look at your telomeres, look at genetic mutations that you may have. All these things can be helpful in having a baseline of where you're at and what you need to do to live longer and better with age and, you know, age successfully. So I'll see you at the next episode. This is Dr. Gio signing off. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in a world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.